Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody. And welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Mac, we have made it. It is our final season preview episode of the preseason, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> and a little inside baseball, inside podcast here. We've been working on these episodes since I think the middle of June. I think our first interview was Dave Doran, yep. June 14th or something. So, and I think we interviewed Narduzzi in June, actually. So <laughs> it has been a long time coming putting all these together. And we really appreciate the opportunity to interview every single ACC head coach. So if you've missed any, make sure you go back, listen to all the preview episodes before the season really gets going. But today, Mac, it is time to talk about the reigning, the defending ACC champions. They're not defending. The Pittsburgh Panthers. They ain't defending. They're That's attacking. Right. They're they're attacking. <laughs> They're still defending champs. We'll that, go with that. I, you know, it's so funny when Coach like gets uptight about that. I love the interviews. He's like, we're not like looking over our shoulder defending it. We're we're attacking <laughs> it. But you know what? They are. They absolutely are. And I'm excited to talk about these guys. It's game week. This is our last one. Big shout out to to Pitt and Coach Narduzzi. Let's get to this interview, and we we got a lot to talk about on the other side. Let's do it. Coach, welcome into the podcast. Uh, nobody's around. This is a day off. You make time for us. We're very appreciative. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, Eric, it's not a day off. Okay, there's no recruits on campus. So, That's right. Excuse you know, me. You know, unshaven. It's a it's a it's a laid back day, I guess. Just getting ready for camp, really. I mean, we finished up this weekend. We've got recruits coming in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the same day that ten recruits will probably leave our campus. We've got wow. forty uh, high school seven on seven teams coming into Pittsburgh and. And uh, so it'll be a zoo out on our fields, and and then uh, then we wrap it up, take a few weeks off in July, and then get it cranked up. Come on, I, I like to hear that. Well, speaking of those days off, I, I know you know Patrick's a big golfer. I know you swing it around a little bit. Do you guys have any cool courses lined up? Have you already knocked some out? What what does that look like this summer? Yeah, I'm a terrible golfer. He's really good. I go to watch him play and spend time with my son. But uh, you know, we haven't set a ton up. I think July first, I do have a you know one outing up at a place up up in Rhode Island. Um, and, uh, so I've got one, one date set up and that's about it so far. And, you know, just be laid back, um, you know, throughout the summer. Coach, before we get into your team and, and focus on 22, um, I do want to ask you about Kenny Pickett, who's been on our, he, he came on our podcast way too much. He did not need to do that. He was way too nice <laughs> to us, but he's staying in Pittsburgh, which is really cool. So have you been able to see him? I, I'm sure he's still going to be able to be around the program, which is, is great for you guys. So how's Kenny doing? Kenny's doing great. You know, obviously today the news that he signed his contract, I think he was the last first rounder to sign his contract. Uh, he's always going to take his, his time and make a good decision and wait till it's, it's, uh, it's all said and done. So uh, he's doing good. You don't, you don't see him as much. I try to stay out of his business. You know, he's not in college anymore. He's a pro, you know, let C- coach Tomlin take care of it. Um, but I tell you what, it was a little bit more interesting, you know, right outside my door here. I don't know if I can flip the camera around uh, maybe at the end. In fact, I'll just give you a little, a little glimpse here. Turn around, can you see out the window? I've got an unbelievable view out there, uh, out my window, um, but it's hard not to look out my window and watch him practice during OTAs, I think. That's crazy. Um, so I so mean, have like, you had to stop yourself from doing it? <laughs> you know what? Our staff was out there more than we ever have. Just, you know, 
back when James <laughs> Conner was was drafted there, it was one thing. But to see your quarterback, you know, your first rounder go out there, it's just like you know, uh, Kenny mentioned something. It's like coach is here every day now. You know, <laughs> you know, you know he's seen me up on the balcony. You know, we'll go down on the field and get you know get right there close. But uh, you know, matter of fact, I was sitting out here one day. Um, and I'm, I'm actually sitting at my desk and all our players are out of the patio watching Kenny in a two minute drill, which I didn't know. And they're jumping around all. I'm like, what is going on out there? I got work to do. Like they're jumping around and then all of a sudden the next play, they're jumping around again. So I was like, I thought there was a fight. I, you know, you know how Eric Kelly got to feel. I figured there was a fight. So I ran out my door to see what was going on. They're like, Kenny's tearing it up in a two minute situation. And I was like, wow. That's awesome. So, um, so there was a lot of, I mean, not only the players on our deck, but it was the players out on the field. I mean, I could hear screaming by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Players. So there was wow. a lot of emotion out there that day. And I think kids were, you know, the players for the Steelers were excited, you know, uh, at least for that two minute day that they had. So he's doing yeah, good. I don't see him much. Um, and then, like I said, I stay away. I went to one Mike Tomlin meeting in seven years. Okay. It wow. happened to be this year. I went over to OTAs. And, you know, we're invited all the time, but, you know, I just don't like to you know, overstep my bounds. I'm not like that. Take advantage of a situation. But sure. I walked over there and I've got like three or four pages of notes in 15 minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> how dumb am I that I've not taken advantage of it? Next year, I think I'm going to just tell our whole staff that we're going over there. When they're in OTAs, they're meeting. It's great. It's great staff development to go over there and listen to, you know, the pros coach. You know, you pick up one thing in a day. Like I picked up some, you know, some great stuff in just that 15 minute meeting I had with him. And then we listened to a special teams meeting after it is. It's incredible. Um, but first time in seven years, and it's probably because Kenny wow. and I was like, let's just go, you know. Yeah. Wow. What a cool resource. And just to to have that there. And, and you, like you said, it, it's probably a, a fine line and, and you don't want to be weird about it. And, you know, but but to have that right there and then to see kind of like your son. I mean, take that next step. A guy that you've been around for, for five plus years and developed. Uh, now you get to see him right outside your door wearing a little bit different colors. I know that is super cool. Coach, something that I think was also pretty cool for you guys this offseason in particular is going into it, attacking this thing. As a defending champion, what what kind of mindset have you guys have? Have have your players have in winter, spring, and now you know summer going into fall camp? Just knowing that there's a target on your back. Now there's no target, Eric. There's no target, and we're not defending <laughs> champions. We are champions. Okay, come on, we're I like not, that. We're not defending champions. We're we are champions, and and you know defending champions is someone's taking something away from you. You know we've won that championship. That's over with and done with, and we're on to twenty two. So. Uh, we're just working on the next year. And again, you know, really don't even talk to our kids about, hey, you've got a target because we don't have a target. You know, we've had a target last, every week. We have a target. Someone's coming after us. But, we, you know, we're not defending it. You know, it's ours. We got that one and we're working on the next. But okay, it's well, been, speaking. You know, of, OK, speaking of that, and I, I totally respect that. How about this question? H- has it impacted recruiting at all? I mean, have you seen a few other guys that say, hey, I saw them win an ACC title on national TV I'm going to go visit now. How, how has that impacted it? You know, it's so hard to tell, but, you know, I think it has impacted it in a positive way, obviously. It's always hard to tell. I mean, like, I think we do a good job recruiting. You know, I, I don't want us to start to look for different players. I want us to look for the same players we've been looking for. You know, I always say, you know, don't forget where you came from. Uh, you know, there's a way we got where we are, and, you know, some people have different ways of doing it. Um, you, know, you know, we're not paying players. We're doing it the right way. Uh, up here in Pittsburgh, and, and you know that's kind of what we do. And I want to make sure it doesn't change that way. But I think there's a lot more people that are going, "Wow, what's going on up there? There's something great." Um, you know, you walk into high schools. I think it's a difference. I think um, uh, you know when I look at just our camp numbers, high school campers coming here. You know, we had two 600 kid camps 
You know, when wow. I had high school players coming to camp, which, you know, it, it far exceeded maybe some of the 350, 400 ones we had. So, uh, so when you look at that, people are coming to see, hey, what are they doing there? I want to come to camp at Pittsburgh. I think things have changed there. Now we're going to get a better, you know, level player. I think we got good ones already. I mean, how do you gauge it? I think you know, we've got good players. And, you know, it's crazy. I saw Athlon Magazine had 14 ACC, you know, all ACC preseason players. We had most in the ACC. Like, how does that happen? Like, do we need to change much? If we had more than anybody else in the ACC for this season, I think that kind of tells you what we're doing. And we just got to continue to make good good decisions in recruiting. Yeah, guys putting in the work. I mean, it's great to see. And, and it was funny. You know, I saw a couple of, of, of four-star commitments, D-line, and, and just saw, you know, a couple of people commenting, don't let Coach P start getting five stars and four stars. Look out. The development that that man has, it, it's his track record is it, fantastic. So let's dive into 22 a little bit, Coach. So let's have everything in the past. Let's talk about the future and, and looking forward because I, I want to do something a little different and start on the defense. Kelly and I, we like scoring points. We're offensive people. But we're going to start with defense because I think your team is going to have a really special one, especially up front. With that defensive line, I'm looking at uh, uh, big Kalijah Kansi. I'm looking at Balonado, and and there's a list as long as uh, the day is of just these stars that I think can really step up. You've got to be excited about that defensive line. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, Coach Partridge does a great job at the defensive line. And you talk about Haba Balonado from Rome, Italy, and Deslin Alexander, who's been a, a great player for us and maybe doesn't get as much recognition as he really deserves because I think that guy's – uh, really, really strong. I think he can play inside or outside uh, as far as the end spot. And, you know, Kalijah Cansey, Tyler Bentley. I mean, we're loaded up inside. Devin Danielson. We've got some guys, and I'm going to miss some guys. Uh, can't name them all, but, you know, uh, kid Dayon Hayes has really, really had a, you know, a strong offseason. John Morgan is a beast on the edge. I mean, I mean, he, he just keeps getting better, you know, every time he walks on that field. So up front, we're, we're going to be really strong, and, and uh, we're, we're excited about the, the D-line and what Coach Partridge does up there. You know, our linebacking course is going to be pretty good as well, at least that starting group. Uh, Servassier Dennis, uh, I know the, the Clemson Tigers don't like him too much. He intercepted that you know, double pass, uh, but we won't play them until, you know, the championship game this year, I'm assuming. But, uh, you know, um, you always got to assume Clemson's going to be that other team. I didn't think there would ever be anybody else besides them in that game, to be honest with you. Uh, but Sebastian Dennis, uh, we've got a kid, Bengali Kamara, who is an excellent player that had a great spring that's kind of been stuck behind some pretty older, uh, some older guys. And then we've got a transfer uh, from uh, Notre Dame, a kid named Shane Simon, who I would pencil those in as your three starters. And then we've got some guys behind them that are going to push. Uh, Solomon DeShields is a big, strong, you know, 6'4", 215-pound you know, linebacker, <laughs> receiver. He's athletic. He's long. He's pretty. I mean, so there's, you know, there's guys behind them. You know, Brandon George is back, who's been a great special teams player for us. So uh, I think we're, we're strong there. And I've never seen such a deep secondary. Yeah, that, and that's, that's great, great problems to have. I want to go back to that D-line real quick because all of those guys, or at least a lot of them, are in single digits. Like, what's the deal? Do they just bully people and get the number they want? Or how does that work out? Because I have never seen yeah. something quite like this. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a good, you know, here's all my numbers, okay? Here's how I get, you know. <laughs> I get the number, guys, okay? But, um, you know, is there like a line outside your door as soon as a guy transfers or, or graduates? Yeah. It's like, Coach, I got to get three. I got to get two. I got to get four. Well, for the most part, like Izzy. Izzy, a band of kid, our tailback is number two, okay? You know, we've got a lot of retired jerseys here. You know, number one, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, number 13, you know, Dan Marino. Number 33, Tony Dorsett. You know, I go on and on, you know, down to Mike Dick, 89. So uh, I think we have, you know, something like they've retired too many jerseys, okay? 
So what I try to do is guys, you know, we know skill guys are going to play on special teams. D-linemen don't play on special teams, okay? So I bribe them in during recruiting that will get you a single digit so you can come to Pitt. Uh, but, oh. like, Izzy's, Izzy's number two, but David Green's not going to play on special teams. That is amazing. That so is amazing. I don't bribe them. I'm just kidding you. You know, I'd rather be interested in a number. Coach, if you would have told me I could wear number two, I would have came wherever you were. <laughs> I would have committed right then and there. On the O-line, Mac? <laughs> I was a tight end. I was a tight end. I could have played. Oh, when you were a tight end. That's right. So so David Green is a guy that's a D tackle, but he's not going to be on special teams. So about three years ago, you know, and again, I've always tried to give some of the D line those numbers. We had, you know, three plays in the game where we had the same number out there, which is a penalty. Okay. Oh, yeah. So now, you know, it's just, we've always had our depth chart. Hey, if this guy's in, you got to make sure you don't put this guy. It gets confusing on the sideline in the middle of a game and you, you throw it, you know, someone goes down, gets hurt. You throw a guy and all of a sudden you get a penalty could cost you a ball game. So I've always, you know, tried to do that. Jared Wayne's number five. I got Dezel and Alexander at number five. So Jared Wayne's going to be on special teams. Dezel's not going to be on special teams. So it eliminates some issues that we have as far as that goes. John Morgan is number six. Rodney Hammond's number six. So Rodney can be on special teams and run down on a kickoff, be on a kickoff return team. Most of those D linemen are. So that's really, you know, I'd like to tell you some fancy recruiting tool. It's really. <laughs> there was, there was rhyme and reason there. I like that. I mean, it, it wasn't just, Matt, I don't you know. know what? I like that. You know what this says to me? This says to me that your head coach is a defensive-minded guy because he's going to look out for those D linemen. That's right. An offensive-minded head coach, he'd be like, just be 98 and move on. So I think that's what that says, coach. Defense and specialties. I don't, you know, again, we can't have penalties. You know, penalties can cost you a football game, and we got to make sure they don't. But. No question. No question. All right, that, that's enough defensive talk for me, coach. I'm, I'm sorry. I've got to move on. I've got to get to the offense. Um, let's talk about quarterback. As we mentioned at the start of this thing, I mean, you had a guy for like 10, 12 years, and now we're kind of changing guard here. And, and Kenny's gone, and, you know, Keaton Slovis is coming in, transferring. And Kelly and I, I mean, we think he's going to be really good. And now we didn't get to see him every day in practice like you did. But what's going to be the expectation from you? And just what does Keaton bring to the table, bring to the offense? Yeah, Keaton's a good football player, and Nick Patty's a good football player. So I don't want to, you know, just talk about Keaton. Um, you know, we got a quarterback battle going on. Um, I always say this, when you get in a battle like this, to me, I don't choose who it is. Coach Signetti, our quarterback coach, uh, and John DiBiaso, our, you know, our assistant quarterback coach, they don't pick him. Our team picks that, that guy. You know, I think that's the key, is that everybody can watch and go, oh, that's our guy. That's what I really want at the end of the, the day, is our kids to go, we see who the starter is. When I have to make a decision on who the starting right guard is or quarterback or kicker, then I think we have issues. I think, you know, I want everybody to be on the same page. I don't want there to be any guy, you know, question in the locker room who that guy is. But we've got a quarterback battle going on. You know, Keaton is, is outstanding. He's very accurate. Um, you know, he's played a lot of football. But Nick Patty, you know, he's he's a competitor. He's tough. Um, and, uh, and he's a playmaker. He's made plays. When we put him in the game, whether it be last season or the season before, he's he's played football for us when Kenny needed a break or, uh, you know, or we were up on somebody. And, and Nick has been a guy that we've counted on for a long time. So, uh, you know, Nick has been here and, and, and done a lot of great things. So we got a battle going on, and um, I can't wait to watch them in fall camp compete because they, they both had good springs, and I think competition makes everybody better. If we only had one guy, I'd be a little bit scared. It's been seven years. I mean, you know, Kenny, almost a five-year starter, and we had really the two starters, you know, was Nathan Peterman, and, and really you look at pure starters for, for, for seasons, um, it's been, you know, it's been Nick, Nate, uh, Nate Peterman and Kenny Pickett and, Right, both from the NFL right now, so that's a pretty yeah. good thing. We need another one. It is, it is. Yeah, that's a, a long time right there. And of course, Nick Patty was able to to learn from KP as well. So I think that that's going to help him. Speaking of competition, let's talk about the wide receiver room 
because you have some young guys there that I know you're excited about, and we've seen the the aura around pit wide receivers is starting to grow, especially when you have great quarterback play. So give us some names that we need to be looking for and watching for this season. Well, I think, you know, the first one you got to start with is Jared Wayne. You know, um, he, he's a big, tall, had a great year last year. And again, you know, you're going to get your, you know, get the ball to your guys. And he's one of them. Um, I think, you know, uh, another guy that you guys haven't heard much of is Kanate uh, Mumfield. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, you know, probably primarily he can play anywhere. He knows a lot. Uh, but he'll he'll be a guy that's you know in in the slot a bunch. He is really athletic. Played at Akron a year ago. Got him as a transfer uh, kid from Georgia that I think is special. I really do. I mean, you look at you know our slot receiver play a year ago, and you look at what this kid can do. He is um, he's a good player. And again, you always say you know the team makes these players. You know, Kenny Mick, Kenny Pickett made everybody around him better. Sure. Uh, so never don't think too much about who you are. You know, sometimes guys think they did it all by themselves, but there's always help. There's an offensive line to block for you. Um, you know, Jalen Barden has had a great spring for us. Uh, that we're looking forward to it. Uh, let me look at some other guys. I'm going to forget some names here. Forgive me. Uh, so Jared Wayne, going down through here. Um, you know, there, there's a transfer, and we got a kid above means, a kid from Louisiana Tech, originally signed with Tennessee. That's special as well. Uh, is he is he able to play, Coach? Is he good to go? We believe he's going to be good to go. Uh, that's great. That's awesome. The other guy, again, you know, the other guy that's had an outstanding, um, maybe as good a uh, spring as anybody has grown up a bunch is uh, Jaden Bradley. Uh, you know, he, he you know, Jaden has done an unbelievable job of developing and growing up. He's fast. I just watched him yesterday. Uh, yes, yesterday was Wednesday. Um, and he's explosive. He's he's coachable. He's smart. Um, so, you know, if Bub means it's not, it'll be Jaden Bradley and Mumfield and Jared Wayne will be those three starters right now. And and, and, you know, uh, we think uh, Jalen Barden is, is explosive as well. He's made a ton of plays for us. Didn't finish, finish the season last year with an injury, but uh, he's, a, he's a good football player. Yeah, and then you throw in some tight end play with uh, Bartholomew, and you got a you got a good recipe there and a couple of running backs that show that they can, you know, catch the football as well. You brought up the offensive line. You, you brought up folks doing their job. All five coming back, all five starters, three top rushers being back. Coach, I know that y'all have – Love slinging the ball all around the yard, but given all this talent, you know that you do have coming back. Will we see shades of you know 2018 and, and having maybe a couple thousand yard backs with that offense? What's what's 2018? What's, what is that? You had a, a I think a 1200 yard rusher and 1100 yard rusher that were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think it all you know I think Frank Signetti um, you know uh, we'll we'll have a little bit more run game than we've had in the past. Uh, you know, we we threw it a little bit too much from from my liking. I mean, you go to an ACC championship <laughs> game, and Wake Forest's rush defense is 118th, and we threw it about every darn down we could. Uh, made it a little hard. I mean, we you know, here's the most impressive thing about Kenny Pickett, and I said this to scouts and GMs, like we threw it, and everybody knew we were going to throw it, and we still threw it, and he did what he did. Imagine if there was a little bit of a run game to go with it, which I know the Steelers will have and and will have as well. But we put a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett in the pocket. We put a lot of pressure on that offensive line because people just pin their ears back and you know, and, and, and rushed like crazy. Didn't worry about, you know, uh, any running game at all. The only time we really ran the game was in a four minute at the end of the game to, to, to run the clock out. Um, so there, there'll be a Which, run. by the way, against Clemson was very impressive. That four minute drive that y'all, eight minute drive that y'all had. Yeah. The fact that you could do it. Everybody knew what you were trying to do. So when you had to, certainly you could last year. Yeah, we, we could. And, you know, but we got to do that for four quarters and we got to you know, establish it early. And that'll make our passing game. You, know, you got to take some pressure off the quarterbacks, period. I think. You know, Kenny Pickett's not back there, and as good as Slovis and Patty are, 
we want to make sure that uh, we don't, you know, put too much on their plate, at least early in the season. Coach, we released our top five non-conference games for September. You guys, I think, had all of them uh, with the Tennessee and West Virginia games that we're all super excited about. Um, Can you? I know, I know. Maybe you're not as excited, but the fans are. Can you give us some insight? Because I I called a basketball game at West Virginia this past year, and I didn't realize, I'm from the South, okay, I didn't realize how close Pittsburgh and Morgantown are. I mean, they're, they're right next door. Give us something that we need to know about this rivalry. Like the best story you've heard, how much Pitt and West Virginia hate each other. I, I'm just so hyped up for this game. Yeah, you know, I wish I could give you more info. I don't have a lot of stories for you. I'll have some stories after September. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> um, but I've heard a lot of stories, um, you know, that uh, I haven't been able to experience. So, you know, it's all, you know, I'm sure the story <laughs> changes through the years. But it is a, it's the backyard brawl and it's the backyard brawl for a reason. And they got a really good football team down there. So there's a lot of respect. Um, and, you know, Coach Brown has not been there, you know, through the old days when they played. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in Youngstown, Ohio, I know the Pitt, you know, West Virginia game. I remember as a little kid watching that game. Usually it was snowing out. It's in late November around Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but I've heard stories of, again, they're coming to Heinz Field this year, so we'll worry about it next year. Uh, I've heard stories of, you know, when the bus comes into to Morgantown that they're throwing beer bottles at your bus, <laughs> you know, which is, you know, Doesn't maybe surprise me. Day. I can't imagine going in there in a year and having beer bottles and people throw stuff at you. Um, you know, I've here had beer dumped at me at Wisconsin, but I don't think I've ever had a beer bottle thrown at me. Yikes. Um, so I would imagine that can't happen in, in this day and age, but who knows, you know, who knows, but that's probably the craziest story I've heard. And, um, you know, that, you know, just throwing stuff at the bus. We will, uh, we'll do some research. We'll do this again a year from now and we'll make sure you're ready uh, for that trip. We'll, we, will we, be uh, ready. we will be that's ready. That's right. That's right. Coach, this was a lot of fun. Really appreciate your time. Excited for you guys this year. Uh, good luck. Sounds great, guys. I appreciate you having me on today. Okay. Hail to Pitt. We always enjoy our chats with Pat Narduzzi. He is one of our favorites to chat with. He's just, he's a football guy through and through, but he's got great stories, great personality. And he doesn't give you too much coach speak, which I really like about Pat Narduzzi. Listen, the the first time I got to just go up and sit down with him and and spend time with him, ask him about players and and he will be straight up with you. He's like, oh, that guy? He's got so far to go. He's not even close. I'm like, dang, okay, I hear you. But it's just, it's just who he is. He's a football dude, and he loves it. And I respect the heck out of that. And you know, he, he'll be straight up with you. And, and if a guy, you know, doesn't want to be there, see you later. Leave. I've got here's the slip right here. We'll hand it to you on your way out. And um, man, I, I love the way he coaches. I love his intensity. So super grateful for his time and. Um, glad he wasn't breaking up any fights there on, on the patio and they were just cheering for Kenny Pickett. That, that was good. I was a little concerned. Yes, we, we like to see that. So let's talk Pitt, okay? Pitt, we know, won the ACC last year, finished 11-3, and 7-1 in the league. They lost the Peach Bowl to Michigan State. They were down to their third-string quarterback. Kenny Pickett didn't play. Nick Patty got hurt. I think if Nick Patty stays healthy, they win that game. Their two losses last year in the regular season were to Miami, and Western Michigan, it's still one of the craziest seasons that you've ever seen. Um, but the big question here with Pittsburgh that everyone's wondering, everyone's asking, how do you replace 10-year veteran Kenneth Pickett III? How on earth do you replace a guy that was literally there, you know, in the 80s? How do you replace this man? And, and he's still the answer there. Is, he's still there. He's still there. He is still in Pittsburgh. 
The answer is Keenan Slovis, the transfer from Southern Cal. Mac, I want you to let our pit listeners and everyone who's listening in on a little bit of the insight that perhaps you've heard about our guy Slovis. Hmm. Let me just tell you, but before the the road trips, I'd heard whispers and I'd heard people saying, "Oh, this and that." You know, he's he's really good. He's really really good. He's got an awesome arm. And I talked with Coach down, you know, at Amelia Island. He said he's really good. He's got a really good arm. And then I talked to my quarterback, uh, EJ Manuel. He said, "Listen, this guy is unbelievable. The arm talent, the the explosiveness, the rocket when it comes out of that thing is uh, it's really impressive." And, and so I think. That was my biggest question mark. We were joking earlier before we started recording. What's the biggest question mark? That was it. Now I have none. I have really? zero questions for Pittsburgh. I think the biggest thing is just health. That's can you stay healthy and can everybody be available and play? Um, I am very excited to see what this offense can look like with Keaton Slovis and, and the combine of great running back room. And of course, you know, with the things that they're going to want to do. Uh, with Signetti, he, he's a run-first guy, but I think it's going to be a lot of balance. So mm-hmm. I, I'm jacked up, and I think that uh, really even just still having Pat, you got to have a backup because you never know what can happen. Those two, I, I feel really good about this quarterback room. And I feel good for Slovis in that you do have established running backs and you have a very established offensive line, and that's yes. what he's coming into. I'll say this, Mac. Keaton Slovis, you can't – I always call him Keaton. That's on me. <laughs> Keaton Slovis, you can't – underestimate his talent, his ability. This guy was a massive high school recruit. He's got all the skills, his arm talent. I mean, EJ just says it's off the charts. Former Pac-12 freshman of the year. And these were his numbers at SC. Overall, 68% of his passes he completed, 7,500 yards, 58 touchdowns in three years at Southern Cal. Those numbers are really good. However, I think the talent's there. I think that's all there. But I want to see it come to fruition in a game-like setting. So, you're saying you have zero question marks. I still have a little bit of a question mark because I want to see how this looks and I want to see him put it all together. And I think the biggest question mark here, and we just talked about this with Clemson on Monday, they ease into the season. Pittsburgh does not. You've got to go out there if you're Slovis and play West Virginia on a Thursday night. At least these games are at home. That's going to be helpful. And then Tennessee the next week. So there's no real warm-up game for Slovis with this offense. But, Mac, how important is it for a new quarterback like that to have such an experienced offensive line returning yeah. all five starters? Is he a Banacanda in the backfield? Right. And some wide receivers that Pitt's really excited about. So there are some things that he can hang his hat on, but you oh, yeah. do start this season right away with West Virginia. Uh, uh, in a hated Rivalry. Now, it's funny. Oh, none yeah. of these guys have like played each other. So it's so funny when, when we're going to hear these sound bites of I, I hate them. They hate us. They've never even played each other. They've never even seen each other. Yeah. Um, but it, it's the fan bases. It's it's the history. It's the tradition. Mm-hmm. I love what Servasi Dennis said. When I came to Pitt, they told me who to hate and I hate them. It was like very robotic like. And uh, that I feel like that's what the whole team is. That's so. Great. There is going to be unreal juice in that game. I cannot wait to watch the backyard brawl. It's back. These schools are like 80 miles apart. They, mm-hmm. they despise each other. And so I think it just puts a, a different sense of urgency in camp, KG. All, you know, when, when you start with a Rhode Island, you prepare differently than when you start with a West Virginia, when you start with a yeah. Georgia, when you start with an Alabama, when you start with a Clemson, whatever. You know, there's a different level of we got to go 
We have to, every single thing matters. And not that it normally doesn't, but that there is a different level. And they have to be ready from the get-go. And, and, you know, playing two really good teams. I mean, West Virginia, it is what it is rivalry-wise. Tennessee has a lot of expectation. Tennessee is thinking they're going to finish second in the East in the SEC. So that's a really good football team. Going to have an explosive offense, which obviously plays well going against this pit defense. So I'm excited for their start. Some people have Tennessee going what eleven and one, Kentucky right. going eleven and one. I don't know who's every lose team's eleven and one. I don't know how they lose. Yeah, I don't know. When we talk about this O line, Mac, <laughs> as a guy who played the position, I have yeah. to do it. <laughs> as a guy who plays the position or played the position, tell me what you like about this offensive line. Yeah, really, just that they're all back. I mean, that that Carter Warren had an unbelievable opportunity to go to the next level to play in the Senior Bowl and. He talked with his boys and said, I want to come back. And they said, we all want to come back. And they made that decision together. I mean, these guys are old. They have played a lot of football. Ancient. Ancient. Uh, And and so just when I look at them, I look at Big Gabe. I look at Marcus. I look at Owen, Jake, Carter. Like, they have all shined. And now they they get to do that one last time together and just think of how special that can be and and how much of a unit. If you talk to any – you know, former offensive line, current offensive lineman. It, it's it's not about one. It's all about five. We can't do it if there's a weak link. We can't do it together if there's somebody that isn't playing to the standard. You all, it, it's like a fist. I mean, it's, it's all five to, to right there, and it, it's going to be really fun. And I'm excited for this unit. They are my number one unit in the ACC. think that they can really make some noise and, and run the ball effectively. I think Signetti's going to do that. When you have a Banacanda – uh, Hammond and Davis in the backfield, you you feel really good about it. Uh, let's lean on those guys. And then again, if at the quarterback position, if Slovis can light it up and, and go for 3,000 plus, I mean, th- this offense is, is going to be really fun. So I totally agree. Here's really my big question mark because I think Slovis is uber talented and is going to be fine. And Mac, we're going to argue about this a little bit because my big question mark is you lose the best wide receiver in the country and it's not your fault look i we don't all know care. what happened <laughs> i don't <laughs> I like care. how you leaned to the bike care. you don't care losing jordan addison let me take these off please explain let me tell you something this isn't basketball this isn't uh, when, okay. when you have one guy and i'm not your basketball player i'm not just saying that because of that this isn't we just lost a 30-point score. What the heck are we going to do? They're, all 11 guys have to be on the same page. And you brought in a guy in Mumfield that was an All-American a year ago. And I'm not saying he's going to be, be the Blitnikoff. But I'm just saying if there's ever a position that I'm worried about to, that can alter an entire offense, it's a quarterback. And I feel good about mm-hmm. this quarterback. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. I, I just think that between Mumfield, Wayne, Bradley, Bub Means, who's now eligible, the, the tight end, Bartholomew, and even another uh, tight end behind him, the running backs in the game, like they're going to be just fine at wide okay. receiver. Now, would it right. would it be more fun and would it be awesome to have, you know, Addison a part of this? A- absolutely. Yeah. But it, it's, it's I'm not worried at all. I, I, I don't think any Pittsburgh fan should lose any sleep about what they're going to have on the offensive side of the ball. All right. You heard it here from Mac. He played the game. <laughs> That's what he's saying. I'm just saying, you look at those numbers, <laughs> it would right. concern me a little bit. That's right. It's a lot and to replace. To be clear, it's a lot to replace. To be clear, I hate it for Pittsburgh. It's, right. I hate that this happened. Yeah. I don't think it should be able to happen. I don't think 
you should be able to recruit a player that's already on a different team. But you know what? We did episodes on that, and we've beat that horse to death. That's right. Let's talk about this defense, Mac. <laughs> it's no coincidence that the three teams that you and I really think can win the league, and maybe you can add Miami in if things go really well, but NC State, Clemson, and Pitt, all three of those teams have exceptional defenses. Yep. And Pittsburgh's defense, very similar to Clemson. We did that episode on Monday. It all starts up front. Mm -hmm. These guys up front, they're old, they're mean, they've got depth, they've got <laughs> Baldonado, they've got Kalijah Canty, they've got Deslin Alexander. They have what it takes up front, and, and that's where it all starts. So I'm expecting a huge year from this defense, and I think most people are too. Let, listen, when, when you call your unit, when you call yourself the quarterback killers yeah <laughs> uh you're a little different and mm -hmm. you're 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 some guys we need to pay attention to and i just i can't wait to see this unit together because it, again like clemson a lot of star power a couple of first round picks i think in cancian and balinaldo there and then a guys behind the depth is nuts i mean david green john morgan uh, uh, Tyler Bentley, and then behind those guys, you got Nakai Johnson, you got Donald Elliott, who, by the way, uh, I don't know if you guys know him. His his uh, uncle, I think it is, is like the best football player ever. Uh, and Elliott Donald, there, he's he's pretty good. Uh, number ninety nine for the Rams. Um, so some good lineage. There. Aaron, Donald, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Elliott's uncle there. So uh, when you look at these guys, the, the depth is berserk. The star power is berserk, and these guys are. I mean, they're proven, and they've stayed healthy, and they get after you know the quarterback. I, I think we're going to see the biggest jump from Baldonado. I think he could lead the ACC in sacks. I think he's going to have a Jermaine Johnson-type year uh, where he he's just wow. the guy and really going to force the issue. On top of what Pitt does defensively and schematically, like you don't want to see those guys on third and long, third and medium, because they're bringing – all kinds of trash. You're not going to know where the heck it's coming from. And it look out because you're getting hit. And so I, I think when you look at that second level, at the at the linebacker level, obviously lost a couple of key pieces there. But Servasier's back. He's moved to the middle. He's really comfortable in that role. And I think we'll, we'll see some guys you know, really step up at the, at the linebacker level that we hear about. And then on the back end, I, I know you lost a couple of pieces, but I feel like Hallett and Hill, Brandon Hill, could be the best safety duo in the league, maybe right behind Florida State with, with Keem and, and uh, Jamie there. So I'm excited to see it. This defense as a whole, it, I just ranked my top defenses. I did Clemson, NC State, Pitt. I mean, it's really – and think about it this way. Somebody had to be third. But that might be the top three defenses in the country. Like, don't get it twisted about if you're third in the ACC, you're also maybe third in the country. So these guys are going to be really good. I think all three of those for sure will be top 10 in the country when this is all said and done. And it's, man, it's going to be scary season for these teams when they see Pitt on that schedule. Yeah, it is. And that's a great point, Mac, because you have to rank them. <laughs> right. And I think Somebody because, be <laughs> right, Clemson's depth up front, and then you've got NC State returning all those three linebackers yeah. that are just incredible. Yeah. And then Pitt. But you could make an argument oh, yeah. to move Pitt up to one, no to question. move Pitt to two, yeah. et cetera. Listen, this, this is the deal. The I think Clemson's defensive line is the best in the country. I think Georgia's mm -hmm. is second. I think Pitt's is third. Like, I think these wow. guys are that good. It's not a joke. Like, I'm not – it's not I'm, – I'm wearing a blue shirt. It's not this ACC not Pitt, you know, homer. Like, these guys are scary. And West Virginia and Tennessee, they're, they're going to figure it out really quickly. 
That's uh, true. very early. And we know what Pitt does. They want to get after the quarterback. They will leave their corners, leave their secondary yeah. kind of alone yeah. to make plays. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's a little bit of a who can step up there because you've got some older guys yeah. who maybe are less proven, but they're all old. So they've been in this system forever. Right. And that's what a lot of Pitt comes down to is can the corners hold their own when these when the front is just trying to destroy the quarterback? Yeah, and one thing that was really interesting from the the road trip and from EJ and Eddie and Jordan being up there and you know just hearing because I, I was interested in the secondary and how can they grow. They sat down with Brandon Hill and, and just kind of talked to him about his style of play. And he said, "Listen, a year ago, I wanted to be violent. I wanted to be a hitter. I wanted to be a guy that you know people were scared to come across the middle." Now he's saying, okay, my game is evolving. Like I, I want to get picks. I want to get my hand on the football. Like I want to get our offense more opportunity. And so to me, that's being told to him by the coaching staff. So now there's this emphasis on the defense to get the ball. Like let's let's get after it and, and let's try to rip that thing out. Let's try to pick it off. And I mean, when you add that with all these werewolves up front, um, I mean, look out. The, the, this defense is going to be for real. That, like you said, KG, they put their Corners on islands, they go man to man. They they do like this this cover three blitz up the middle, um, and, and they're gonna try to they're gonna try to hurt you. That's what they do. And uh, it, it's again just to see them all healthy, to see this defense out there. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a show. By the way, shameless plug. Go check out our interview with Servasier Dennis from ACC Kickoff. <laughs> he was awesome. He was. Really enjoyed talking with him. And we haven't explained the post uh, short on our YouTube. Go check that out. It's it's funny. He's uh, somebody called he the doctor himself to Doctor Doolittle. It's it's great. But Mac, I'm glad you bring up turnovers because I think or forcing turnovers with NC State, Clemson, and Pitt with these three defenses, could it really come down to which defense can can wreak the most havoc? Which defense can get their hand on the ball? Which defense can force turnovers? Because yeah. we know. All of them are going to be so good. Right. And Pitt was great at forcing turnovers last year. That could be a deciding factor with these defenses. It, it really could. And and who ultimately, you know, gets that top dog spot. You know, one yeah. one that I'm super interested in too, because we've kind of had this battle since like 2014 or so, uh, or maybe a little bit later than that. But Clemson versus Pitt, who who gets more sacks? That's what mm. I I can't wait to see. I'll put the number yeah. at 50 kg. Are you going over for both? Are you going under which one? I'm right here on the spot. I'm putting you on it. 50 sacks is the number. I would go over for both. Pitt averaged nearly four sacks a game last year, second in the country. It's crazy. And I think Clemson, yeah. I I think Pitt's defense, more of their identity is more putting the quarterback on the ground. So I would still probably lean Pitt in terms of winning the sack battle Mm -hmm. between those two. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I like that number, can't You can't run on either one of them. It's going to be fascinating. All three of these defenses, Clemson and Pitt are a little bit more similar uh, NC State kind of stands alone because they're just so linebacker heavy. It, it's going to be really interesting just to see who comes up with that top spot and if yep. it's uh, if if it's close to that order that I that I started it out with. I can't wait. If you love defense, <laughs> you right. need to watch the ACC Every game. and of Every course game. quarterback play too. <laughs> That's right. Okay, all this to say, Mac, it's really interesting when you look at Pitt's schedule and you look at their win total in Vegas. It's only eight and a half. I love I love when Mac puts the glasses. Go to the bank, get your money in a bag, drive to Jersey, drive to Vegas. There's a couple other states, I'm not sure. South Carolina's not one of them yet. Um and bet all of it on that. Over. Hammer. Over. Hammer the over. It's so disrespectful. You know what also is disrespectful that I'm so PO'd that I'm a part of? Is that 
when FPI gets thrown up in our graphics on our TV shows, mm-hmm. and it has hit in third to repeat to win the co- – it is a joke to me. To win the Coastal. To win the Coastal. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. So what? Pitt fans, FPI don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Mac and I both picked Pitt to win the Coastal. Oh, by so the way, Jordan Jordan's flipping. He's with us. You know, he was so pro-Miami. Oh, really? If you guys remember back to our summer deal – he is all in on Pitt. So great job. You guys persuaded him on the tour. On the tour. Interesting. <laughs> I think one of the reasons, Mac, perhaps, why this win total is lower is because of the tough non-conference. And credit Pittsburgh. Sure. I mean, they're, they're pushing themselves in the non-conference. When you open with West Virginia and Tennessee back-to-back and you're playing two FBS teams mm-hmm. in the non-con, they also have Western Michigan again, gulp, uh, at Western Michigan and Rhode Island, who you mentioned earlier. So – I can understand some concern with those first three games. Right. I get that. Right. But I still think eight and a half is low. To me, this is a nine and three team at the minimum. minimum. Yeah. And then 10 and two is very possible. 11 and one. Heck, who knows? 12 yeah. and 0. But yeah, I agree. I think the over on this is the play. No, no question. And those first two games to start off, I mean, you're on ESPN Thursday night, prime time. You're on ABC in the middle of the day against Tennessee. Like, you have to be ready. You have to get started in a hurry. They they do too, obviously. They're playing you. Um, but I can't wait to see it. That's going to be such a tone-setting game where you're just figuring out. And I have this schedule pulled up right here um, on ESPN. And they have, I don't know if it's like Ticketmaster or what, but they have these tickets over on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average margin here looks to be about $25 a ticket when you look Tennessee through Miami. The West Virginia game, tickets as low as $175. <laughs> that game's a little yeah. bit different. That game's a little bit different. But And game day's going to be there. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I am They've so got the legend, Lewis game. Riddick, is back calling the game. How fun is that yeah. for him? Uh, so oh, that's and a big one. Mac, our, our Pitt listeners should know that we are working on that first that's week. Right. So week zero is this week. Week one, uh, we're going to pit guests that's right. for that we're week. Gonna have somebody. We're going to have somebody. And then just looking at the schedule, finishing – you know, against Miami there, uh, yeah. November 26th at Miami. at Miami. I think that is that has the potential to be a play-in game. Who gets to go to mm-hmm. Charlotte? Who gets to play in the championship? That There's a big, big opportunity for both those teams. And I hope it comes down. How fun would that be if it does come down to that? Okay. Um, man, I, that, would be a, that would be an awesome game. So I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. Need it. We need it. That's right. I'm excited to see what Pitt does, and I'm excited to see Slovis. And excited as well, Mac, to see how losing Jordan Addison is not any sort of issue at all. None. Looking forward to it. We won't even think about it. We won't <laughs> even think about it. I'm excited that Friday is here. Next time you guys see yes. us and hear us, we're going to be previewing Week Zero, Florida State, North Carolina, kicking off the Huddle Crew. We're traveling. We're going to Chapel Hill. Mm. Can't wait to be there Heck in yeah. person. Going to be a lot of fun. But, guys, that is it for us. Thank you for tuning in. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. If you don't have SiriusXM, go get it. Go download the app. Get it in your car. Have it on your phone. Uh, you know, we, we want to keep up with you guys every way that we can. But we also need you to go over to YouTube. Go over to iTunes. Follow our podcast. Subscribe to our channel. Leave a little review. It's always fun to hear from you guys, too. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you all.